in the love section of our tzaddik over here. We've been going to tackling that topic from a number of different angles, and we will continue to do so. So he says, Mesiras nefesh bishvil avas Hashem, when we typically, we typ- the word mysterious nefesh means giving up our soul for God, right? So normally we think of what that means, and nefesh typically does mean our physical existence. And so we're giving up our physical existence for the sake of Hashem. So the typical example, someone puts a gun to someone's head and says, serve idols, um, or I will kill you. You know, that's the, the classic example that we'll use. And so a person has an obligation to be most their nefesh, to give up their existence for the sake of God. But he says it's not entirely true. He says, It's not just the physical soul, as the simple meaning of the word implies. It also includes the neshama. We know that there are different levels to the, to the, nefe, to the nefesh, the soul. There is the nefesh on the bottom, the neshama on the highest level. The neshama speaks, the nefesh speaks of the physical existence. Uh, you know, that, that we share with the animal kingdom, whereas the neshama speaks to the highest level of existence. And so he's saying that the Mesira, the giving over, is not limited to our physical existence. There are times when Mesira Snefesh includes our spiritual existence, and we'll see what that means. Okay. So although the Pasuk says, and Nafshecha implies, again, just the physical existence, the Zohar says explicitly, it includes not just the Nefesh, but also Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, all the different levels. Okay, we're going to skip the brackets where he explains the word Bechol, uh, right? They learn that from the fact that it says Bechol Nafshecha. It doesn't say, which would imply with your soul. It says, Bechol Nafshecha, which implies all. All, whenever you have a term like that, it always comes to include something. What does it come? Lerabos is what the, Gemara, what the Gemara would ask, right? So the word chol, kol, all, includes not just the nefesh, but everything associated with the nefesh, even your spiritual soul. So what does this mean? Let's, uh, let's jump to uh, after the brackets. He's going to give three examples, each of them relating to a different component, a different dimension of our soul. Right, we spoke about the fact that our soul is really connected to Hashem, to the Torah, and to the Jewish people, right? Because those are the three areas where we need to express and, and feel a sense of deep connection and deep love. There is the love for Hashem, there's the love for the Torah, and there's the love for the Jewish people. That's what he's been developing until now. So he's going to give examples where people gave up their connection to something higher, there's something to something higher, which was for one of the for, for one of the three loves that we've been discussing. So one, the first example, one perhaps the most famous example. What does Moshe say after the Jewish people serve the golden calf? God says to Moshe, "I'm going to destroy the Jewish people," and Moshe says, "Erase me from your book." What does that mean? The Ramban explains that Moshe over there is giving over his merits to the Jewish people, right? Moshe has a pretty significant bank account of spiritual merit. And Moshe says, okay, the Jewish people have lost their merit for existence. Take everything out of my bank account, clear out my bank account, and give it to them. Mecheni na misifrecha. Take me for their sake, right? That's what mecheni na misifrecha means. What is that a representation of? Bishvil avas Yisrael. He's willing to give over his neshama, right? He's not giving up his physical existence. He's giving up his spiritual existence, for the sake of the love of the Jewish people, right? So you see an example of Mesiras Nefesh, it's giving over, not just physical or not even physical at all, but giving up Neshama, giving up his spiritual identity for the sake of the love of others, for the sake of the love of the Jewish people. 
Okay, that's example number one. V'david ha-melech alav ha-shalom, bikesh lavod avodazara, kemasha kasubis Sanhedrin. The Gemara Sanhedrin tells us a very interesting thing, that after David was chased out, we know that his sons, two of his sons rebelled, but after um, one of his sons rebelled, he go, he come, the Gemara Sanhedrin tells us that David wanted to go and serve idols. Why would he want to serve idols? Not because he was disgruntled, not because he was upset, on the contrary. Listen to his calculation. He said like this, he said, it looks terrible. Here I am, this very spiritual, devout, wonderful person, and my son is rebelling against me, and, uh, you know, and, and it looks embarrassing, it looks pathetic, it looks terrible, right? What does this say about David Melech Yisrael? What does it say about being a chassid? What does it say about being a good person, right? This leads people to the age-old question of why do bad things happen to good people? And if there is a good person out there, right, it's true, David sinned. But David also taught us about repentance, right? David, David was the greatest chassid alive. And yet these terrible things are happening. It's going to cause a crisis of faith for many people. And so David says, what are we going to do about it? I don't know. You know, I can't get back into the throne. That's not in my hands. But you know what is in my hands? I'm going to go and serve idols publicly so that people will say, ah, that's why David Amalek is getting punished. It's because he's a loser. It's because he's an idolater. It's because of the fact that he's not as good as we thought he was. That's why it's happening. Right? Fascinating calculation over there. Right? So David wanted to serve idols. Ultimately, for whatever, you know, the Gemara explains, it didn't happen. Right? But he wanted to do so. He wanted, and, and what would happen? He'd give up his olam haba. Right? He'd be sacrificing his olam haba. He'd be doing an act which is absolutely forbidden, which ain't lo chelek olam haba. You have no portion in the world to come. But he's doing so for the sake of protecting God, so to speak. For the sake of give, making sure that God's stature, that there is no chil Hashem. Okay? Right? So whereas Moshe gave up his spirituality for his, his parts of his neshama for the sake of the love of the Jewish people, David is giving up his spirituality for the sake of his love for Hashem. Okay. So that, so that the people would not uh, be able to say, what good is it to be a, uh, a good Jew uh, mm-hmm. because you, you look at the punishment he got. So exactly. He, Exactly, exactly. So he's being Moser Nefesh. Again, it's a much broader understanding of Moser Nefesh, not just giving up your physical existence. David wasn't going to die by serving idolatry, but he very likely would lose his portion of the world to come. Fine. I'm going to take a spiritual bullet for the sake of not being Michal Shem Shemaim. So to, to ensure that God's stature in this world does not get desecrated. Okay? The last example is not as well known of an individual, um, and that is the Mekoshesh. Who is the Mekoshesh? The Mekoshesh, the, the, the Pasuk tells us, uh, in Bamidbar is somebody who goes and gathers, um, he goes ahead and he gathers wood. Okay? He gathers wood. Okay? He, he's gathering wood uh, on Shabbos. Right? And the Pasuk tells us they see this person gathering wood and they, 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 they take him away. They, take, they put him into captivity. They put him into jail and they turn to Moshe. And the Moshe says the punishment for someone who's Mekoshesh, who, who acts, who does desecrate Shabbos, is death. And he goes ahead and they kill him. Okay, so who is this person? So according to Chazal, he is Tzlafchad. Who is Tzlafchad? Tzlafchad is the father of the... Right? Of the daughters of Slavchad, right? He is the, the right, so those famous daughters, and their father is the Mikoshesh. So, what's the backstory over here? So, the Gemara tells us, The Medrash tells us, the Midrashim tell us, Chazal tell us, that he, the Mikoshesh, the one who desecrated Shabbos, was doing so for the sake of heaven. Why? For the sake of the love of the Torah, she is gala halacha zu ba'olam shel chiyuv misa lemechal Shabbos. So that everyone would know that the punishment for desecrating Shabbos is misa. 
And you ask yourself, uh, no kidding, the Torah says, uh, that anyone who desecrates Shabbos will die. So what exactly does this mean? That he wanted to demonstrate to people that the punishment for someone who desecrates Shabbos is Misa. So the, where, where does this passage take place? It takes place immediately after the passage of the spies. So what happens by the spies? God says, you will not enter the land of Israel. Okay? So what happens then? The Jewish people are told they're not going to enter the land of Israel. They're going to stay in the desert 40 years. So what the, the backstory, according to Chazal, is that many people thought, okay, we are not entering the land of Israel. The laws of the Torah, which we've been preparing this whole time, all the laws of the Torah have been preparing us for the land of Israel. They've been getting us ready so we could enter and have the, the laws that we have. But if we're not entering the land of Israel, the laws are meaningless. It's just the preparation for Israel. Well, we, if we're not preparing for anything, then what's the point? And therefore, all of those laws and all of the, the stuff we've been studying, it's nothing. Comes along the father of comes along Tzlafchad and says, you know what? This is a problem. I ha- how are we going to teach people, right? Moshe may be saying, no, guys, the law still apply. Okay, very nice, Moshe. Huh. What does that mean? It's just words, right? So comes along Tzlafchan and says, I have to do something extremely dramatic, something radical, in order to catch people's attention so they will know, and they will really know in the depths of their heart, in their kishkas, that the Torah still applies. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to desecrate Shabbos. In doing so, I'm going to be publicly killed, and no one will have, excuse me, a doubt that the Torah does apply and is still in effect. Right? By the way, this was a very similar type of question that the Jewish people dealt with a thousand years later when they were kicked out of the land of Israel. There was a very legitimate question, which was, what is Judaism outside of Judea? What is Judaism? What does it mean to be part of Klal Yisrael if there is no Eretz Yisrael? And many people were grappling with this, right? The story of Mordechai, the story of Purim, takes place in that context where the Jewish people are saying, well, we don't really have, a, do we have a religion? What does it mean to be a Jew outside of Israel, right? It's, a not, it's something we take for granted because we have 2,000 years of history preceding it, more than 2,000 years of history. But at the time, this was completely unheard of to have the religion, to have the faith outside the land of Israel. So much of Judaism revolves around the land. So comes along Slavchan and says, I have to make a, a demonstration. I have to do something radical to demonstrate that the Torah still exists. Why is he doing it? Bishvil Avas the Torah. He's giving up his soul, right? He's desecrating Shabbos. He is going and desecrating Shabbos, but he's doing so for the love of the Jewish people, of the love of the Torah. She's Gala Halacha Zuba Olam Shabbos. Hagam Yanish, even though he is going to be punished. Okay, so what do we see from these three examples? These are three great people. They are being Moser, not just Nefesh, but Moser Neshama for the sake of the love of the people, the love of God, and the love of the Torah. Okay, that's the basic point he wants to make here. He goes on a tangent, a little bit esoteric. We'll go through this quickly, but we know, right, he, has, he merits to have these, three, these, these children, the five daughters, um, who are very important. So let's, let's understand what, what happens. So he says, V'zacha gamkein livnos, Shenislimbo, Chachmanios, Darshanios, right? What do we say about their children, about his daughters? They're scholars, right? They are Chachamim. They're very wise. Darshanios, they know how to expound the law, right? Where does that come from? It's not coincidental. Tzlafchad was Moser Nefesh for the sake of the Torah. And therefore his daughters are going to have aspects of scholarship. They're going to have aspects of the Torah. And again, it's not coincidental that through the daughters of Tzlafchad, a section of the Torah is manifest, comes about. Why? Because they, because he was Moser Nefesh for the sake of the Torah, therefore his daughters are going to bring about Torah. Isn't that beautiful, right? It's not coincidental. We normally say, like, what's the connection between him being Moser Nefesh, him, you know, collecting the wood, and them? What, what's the connection? The connection is that since he gave up his life for it, 
He gave up his life for the Torah. So much Torah comes about through him. His daughters are scholars. They, through them, an entire section of the Torah, twice in the Torah, comes about through them. Beautiful, right? Okay, now here's the esoteric part. We're just going to read through this quickly. The idea of Yerusha, what is Yerusha? Yerusha means that you are passing over the, 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 even though Yerusha typically is I have a piece of land and it goes over to my children, right? But it's, the idea is that it's the koach. It's deeper than just physical land. It's the, it's the faculties. It's the, it's the way of life of the father that gets passed on to the child. We, when we think of things in their abstract sense, the aspect of the feminine is the aspect of desire and uh, making space for desire and making space for, whereas the male is filling that in. That's the, the abstract, right, of, 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 of what a female is and what a male is, okay? There is the, the making space, and the male is the filling up that space. And therefore, typically, Yerusha goes to the sun, okay? When there is no son, there's only the daughter, there's only daughters. What that means is there is just the... Um, what there is is just the cheshek there. There's just the desire. So when there's no sons, then the daughters receive just that part. So what is what what happens with the with the mikoshesh? Right? He has a deep desire to fulfill the will to fulfill to bring about the the, the teachings of the Torah. When does that take place? Not in his life. Right, his whole life, right, because it only, by definition, how did he teach the importance of the Torah? By dying, by getting killed, right? So it, he lived a life of desire. It was only after life, in his afterlife, that it gets fulfilled. But that means that his life was one of cheshek, which is the, the idea which is connected to the feminine. Nimtze lo zacha lehamiloi vayolo raka cheshek lekach lo hayalo kim banos v'neskala ayadam. Right, so that's why he only has daughters because daughters represent the desire alone and not the fulfillment. Right, the life of Tzlavchad was one of the feminine in the sense that it was just desire. It was just desire. There was no miloy. There was no fulfillment of it because that only happened after his death. So therefore, again, by definition, he lived a life of desire, and therefore he only merited to have daughters because that represents the cheshek, the desire that he himself had, right? Because the whole notion of Yerusha, he explains over here, is the representation of the life of the parent, right? What, what the child ultimately has is a representation of the parent. So Tzlavchad lived a life of desire, desire to bring about Kavod Torah, and he only had the desire. He never had the fulfillment in his life, and therefore he, he only has daughters who represent that koach cheshek, the koach, the faculty of desire, um, as we see through his daughters. Okay, the next section he's going to go a little bit deeper. He's going to talk about the pardes, the, the, this very esoteric section in the Gemara Chagiga, which speaks about a number of people going to this very lofty heights of spirituality and many of them come, most of them come out harmed in different ways. He'll explain why they come out harmed and it goes back to our, our general discussion over here about love. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that.